Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's get it going on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the fan-sided podcasting network and arrowheadattic.com. I'm Ryland Stiles, and I'm also joined by Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City and 810 Sports. How you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a, it's a nice day. I had a Oklahoma Joe's for dinner, got the old takeout, so I'm stimulating the economy. Uh, economy. Basically, I'm a hero, you know, but no, I'm doing well. I'm waiting for the warm weather to start. You're a hero just like Patrick Mahomes because I, I don't know if you've read the study, but Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl really saved the world for, and, and slowed down coronavirus a little bit. Yeah, I heard about that. That's, it's, it's honestly crazy, but the thing is, I, I think it's true. I think it actually did uh, help in a way. I mean, it couldn't have hurt. The, the study is legitimate, and it's, it's a funny headline, but I, I think it's accurate, and that's, of course— Sterling Holmes, you can follow on Twitter at HomestretchKC. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. So, Sterling, let's get into the first topic of the day, which is something that is going to make a lot of Chiefs fans cringe out there. Um, and that's the fact that the NFL mock drafts, they're all over the place. I have a mock draft, you have a mock draft, your grandma probably has a mock draft, everyone has a mock draft. But the big names within the mock draft circles are pointing the Chiefs towards a running back all of a sudden. And I, I, I hate that. I don't know what your feelings are, but I, I can't stand that. I, I hope that the Chiefs do anything with that pick besides use it on a running back. I think two things. One, again, like like we've talked about, we don't think that the Chiefs will actually have a first-round draft pick. We think they will probably trade back. But two, there's been NFL mocks of a running back to Kansas City ever since people have started doing mock drafts. I don't understand it. You, you would think people around the league, uh, other even national talking heads would understand by now, the Chiefs won't do this. The Chiefs are not going to draft a first-round running back. It's just not going to happen. I mean, of course, me saying this probably means I'm going to be wrong. I'll have to eat my words, but... <laughs> I just cannot see Veach, Andy Reid, so many holes on defense, so you could say room for improvement. You, you know, the offensive line, you, you want to improve there. You have a couple of wide receivers on one-year deals. This is a very deep wide receiving group. There's just no way in my mind they go out and get a running back, especially when you just get DeAndre Washington. He's bringing at least someone. I'm not saying he's going to be your every down back, but still you just brought in a guy that makes it even more unlikely that they go out and draft a first-round running back. Yeah, Andy Reid has a ton, of, a ton of success with running backs, and I think that that room is good enough. With Patrick Mahomes and the other skill position players, if you throw out Damian Williams, if you throw out uh, uh, Darwin Thompson, if you throw out Washington, I think that that room is good enough to suffice for this season. I think that they can absolutely get by without an upgraded running back. It's interesting, though, that Matt Miller of Bleacher Report and Stick to Football uh, has been throwing out there on his podcast recently that you know he's hearing that the Chiefs just want to keep giving Mahomes weapons and keep giving Mahomes weapons. And I think that you touched on it. They can give Mahomes weapons without it being the flashy DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. It can be a legitimate, a, a, a ready-made guard. And, and that's a weapon for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it doesn't have to be the flashy running back. I'm 100% with you. And I, I think at this point, people are just projecting running backs to Kansas City just so that way Kansas City 
doesn't get too much of an advantage right here because wasting a first-round draft pick on a running back, in my mind, is a waste of a first-round draft pick. What we have seen in today's NFL, a outstanding running back does not equate to wins. We, we've seen Christian McCaffrey, which I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll get to later on in this, sh- in, in this uh, show. Uh, we've seen Ezekiel Elliott. We've seen Saquon Barkley. I mean, Melvin Gordon got outplayed by Austin Eckler, Philip Lindsay. You know, remember all the all the hype around what was it, Royce Freeman? What's Royce yes. Freeman doing now? It's Philip Lindsay, the undrafted guy who was the uh, Pro Bowler. So we've seen time and time again reaching or using a high draft pick on a running back is just—it's not worth it. Not at all. And. and- Sure, DeAndre Swift would be so fun in this offense. He's a nice pass blocker. He's amazing out of the backfield. But that's not what they need. And the the next few drafts are crucial for Kansas City. They have to get it right because you're going to pay back Patrick Mahomes. Sooner or later, you've got to re-up on a lot of these skill position players. I mean, Travis Kelsey's going to need to re-up. Tariq Hill's going to need to re-up eventually. You've, of course, got to break the bank for Mahomes. And then Chris Jones is still sitting there. Are you going to give him a deal or not? So you need the cheap and controllable talent. Ultimately, though, like we said last week, I don't think that they're going to be picking here at 32, but I I certainly hope it's not a running back. That's the only thing. A running back is the only thing that could make me join you on Thursday after the draft and be legitimately upset. Yeah, and again, even if they do, I will probably somehow find a way to talk myself into saying, Trust, you know, Veach and Reed, trust them. You know, I'll, I'll find a way to, to put a positive spin on it. But, again, we've just seen – when Leonard Fournette was the can't-miss running back and Leonard Fournette's been Leonard Fournette, that's a problem. What, what's Jacksonville done? You know, it's all about the the way the current NFL is trending. Running back is not trending the correct way. Not at all. And that that's – a conversation we can get into about Christian McCaffrey later on, but I am never on team pay a running back or draft a running back very high because as you went down the list, there's so many success stories of running backs from the you know second to seventh round to even undrafted. I mean, you look at a guy like Alfred Morris, who didn't have a long shelf life, but took the league by storm in that zone run offense of Shanahan's in Washington. I mean, there are so many seventh round to fourth round guys that make huge impacts that I'm not spending a first-round pick in this draft. Because what that means is, if you spend that pick, you're pretty much stuck with your five. Because the whole basis of trading back is, let's get more than just five selections this year. So how are you going to get more assets if you, if you spend that 32? So I, I would say this. I would be fine, or I'd be more open to it, if Kansas City traded back and you get, say, an extra third-round draft pick, and you use that pick on a running back, that, in my mind, would make more sense. I, I would be you know, more open to seeing Kansas City, if, if they trade back, you, you know, using one of those extra picks on a running back. That's fine in my book. That, that's almost just playing with, uh, with a free pick, especially if the guys at 32 weren't there that you wanted, and instead of reaching for a guy for the next best cornerback who would go at 45 or the next best linebacker who would go at 50, this would make sense in my mind. Yeah, I now that I totally agree with. I would not spend 32 on a running back. If you trade back and draft one, that's fine, because I do think that this class is a pretty good class of running backs. I would, I would say in this offense, DeAndre Swift is an upgrade over Damian Williams. I like Cam Akers a lot especially, again, in this offense with this coaching staff and the players around him. I like Cam Akers. I like Jonathan Taylor, of course. I think there's a lot of guys out there and not a lot of teams that were go- that are going to take a running back high. I mean, a lot of teams, I mean, find me the team that has a need for running back. So I could see that the, the Chiefs might have the pick. Yeah, the <laughs> Miami, that, that's one team that I could see taking a running back in the first round. But beyond that, I could see Kansas City at 32 having the pick of the litter you know, take away DeAndre Swift, and they can have the rest of them at 32. But I just don't think that that's a value play. I agree. If you want a running back, trade back to do it and and, and get him in the second, second round, third round, whatever it is. Very quickly, just because I want to say the Broncos did the most John Elway thing possible. Yeah, you draft Royce <clears throat> Freeman. He, he's kind of, I wouldn't say a bust yet, but he's not lived up to expectations. Then you have... Philip Lindsay, who's been absolutely outstanding as an undrafted guy. And not just that, then you go in and bring in Melvin Gordon and overpay him. Was that one of the most head-scratching 
old school John Elway moves you've seen? That, yeah, that that was that caught me by surprise. I, I couldn't believe that they would do that, considering that yeah, Royce Freeman has not lived up to the hype. But pairing him with, with Lindsey is perfectly fine. That that is perfectly fine in any NFL offense. I think. I, I don't understand. I, I just again, you know what? John Elway is going to do what John Elway does. I'm just surprised that Drew Locke is not six seven. <laughs> I really like Drew Locke, though, and we'll get into that later on in May whenever we start doing our quarterback rankings, but I really like Drew Locke. Yeah, me too. I'm very, very high on Drew Locke. But I've, I've never been big on, on taking a running back in the first round in general. I, I didn't want the Cowboys to draft Zeke. I, I didn't want the Giants to draft Saquon because you, you mentioned, I mean, that does not win football games in 2020 or in this modern day NFL. That does not get you wins. They cannot decide a game, I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. 100% with you. So it's been a bit of a slow news period in terms of in Kansas City, and that's because they're just running back the same team, and we know that they're going to be great whenever we do have a season. But the biggest question right now has to be Chris Jones. And I wanted to get an updated gut reaction from you as we set a week before the draft. And that deadline, as you know, is so important because you'll see teams make moves at the, at the deadline or right excuse me, at the, at the draft, right before the draft, somewhere in there. Do you still think, as we sit today, a week ahead of the draft, that Chris Jones will be on this team whenever we start the 2020 season? Gut reaction right now is yes. I've been saying this for the past maybe month or so now, maybe less. Quarantine time, I have no idea if it's been one week, if it's been one year. I don't understand time anymore. But for, for, the, for a while now... I, I feel like Chris Jones has to be coming back to Kansas City. The reason why I think Kansas City and Veach, they would have either traded him earlier or they would trade him just so they know what they have because they could have gone out and got Byron Jones. They could have gone out and maybe been the trade partner for DeForest Buckner. They could have got someone else and... You're looking at the free agent market now. It's it's shrinking up outside of a few guys like Jadavion Clowney. All the good guys are pretty much off the market. I don't think Kansas City would have let all these players go or without making a run at them unless they knew Chris Jones was coming back. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy, but I took a lot of what Brett Veach said at the Combine uh, really to heart and, and thinking that that's what they're going to do because I agree that they're going to keep Chris Jones around. And... You hit it right there. I don't think his value is as high right now as it would have been had you just went ahead and traded him before the the rush of free agency. I mean, what are you going to get? A couple picks for him? And he's an, he is an X-factor game-changing player. I would have preferred to get those picks on the front end of free agency and then have the cap space and the flexibility to bring in somebody who might even take a pay cut because, hey, I'm. it looks like I'm for sure going to get a Super Bowl ring out of this. So I'll take the money, plus I'll take a little bit of a discount. That way I can ensure I'm on a winning team. But whenever Brett Veach said at the Combine, and he said it two or three times within one question, that they're working as hard as they can to get a deal done with Chris Jones, and they really want it to happen. And he put all his cars on the table of, this is our goal. Our goal is to re-sign Chris Jones. He didn't say, well, maybe, we're in discussions, we're trying, we'll see what happens. He, he put it all out there that his guy was Chris Jones and that's who he wants to re-sign this offseason. And so, when a GM shows his cards like that, I, I just think that it's going to happen. Playing devil's advocate very quickly, GMs do this so that way when they do leave or they do get traded, you can say, look, we have it on record saying we wanted to keep Chris Jones. We were trying everything to keep him. So that way... Fans are not upset at Veach or the the organization. They're upset with the player for saying, "Well, why didn't he take less? Why didn't he, you know, save the extra two million here?" I, I think a lot of this is very nuanced as far as both Chris Jones, both Brett Veach going so strongly and saying they want both of them here in Kansas City. I, I think some of this is a game. And I'm not saying that Veach does not want Chris Jones here. And I'm not saying Chris Jones does not want to be in Kansas City. But at the same time, I think both guys, or we both have to take both things they are saying with a grain of salt in this instance. Yeah, and I think that you're totally right there. I think that that's a good counter to what I was saying because 
you you put it out there of the of Chris Jones is doing the same thing Brett Veach is. I mean, one moment he's tweeting out you know positivity and wanting to run it back, run it back, and then you know a couple hours later it's some ominous tweet that we're not sure what it means. And so there's totally a game involved, and there's politics involved in the sense of you don't want to be blamed for whenever a guy leaves for more more money that you didn't want to pay him. So I can see what you're saying, but the combine interview really struck me, and and, and it. I guess I guess his politics worked on me because I was I was fully convinced that that Brett Veach was going to get this done. We're getting close to again that draft date. I think is the deadline for this. I think that we'll know our decision. You know, we'll know the Chiefs' decision once we get into that first round. Because after that, what what's the play? What's what's the value for him after that? So I think oh. that we'll either have a contract or a discussion, but uh, you know, a contract in hand or a trade in hand by the you know opening bell of the first round. Yeah, unless Kansas City is going to somehow swoop in on the Jadavian Clowney deal and also pick up uh, Snacks Harrison, I, I think Chris Chris Jones is here next year. I would agree. I think that he's back. And one more question on this. Is he back on an extension or is he playing on the tag? So I've gone back and forth in this. My, my gut feeling, what I'm feeling here is – they have a underground handshake deal in place. Uh, I just, I don't know why I have a gut feeling, but I feel like they're going to say, Chris, you play this year on the franchise tag. We know it sucks. We understand. But with the new CBA, it's expected to go to crazy money the year after that. Again, the whole coronavirus may make things more difficult. But I, I, I feel like they'll say, we'll take care of you in the long run. You, you just, you play this year, injured or, or not, no matter what happens, we'll take care of you next year. I, I think that is the game plan. That, that, that makes the most sense in my mind. I think that that's, that's the truth. I mean, I think that eventually he'll just have to play under the tag. If you would have asked me this in January, I would have said to get an extension done. But the later we get, I think that he's just going to play out this year on the, on the tag mm-hmm. and they'll figure out the money next year because – as we talked about last week, there are a ton of one-year deals on the books right now that roll off, you know, come February. So, and that's a, another thing we got to worry about if you're a Kansas City fan. All of the one-year deals, guys like Bashad, guys like Samuel Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, people are like, oh, we're, we're fine at wide receiver right now. Well, hold on, you're fine for this upcoming year. After that, you know, watch out. So, I would not be surprised if Kansas City still drafts a wide receiver pretty early on this year. So let me ask you this since you brought that up. Am I crazy in thinking that I'm not worried about the wide receiver market, even though I do know that, that you're going to lose Sammy Watkins? We said that last week. That there's, We think that this is the last ride for him in Kansas City. I oh, think yeah, that agree. someone's got to pay Demarcus Robinson. I mean, I know they didn't this yeah. year, but he's going to have a little bit of a bigger role. I think that someone's got to pay him. So they're, they're probably going to lose both those guys uh, next offseason. But I just I think that, A, veterans are going to want to come to Kansas City and play with Mahomes. I think that Mahomes has the arm talent and the ability to make receivers better. And that includes, you know, late round picks that you can spend on receivers. I think that the receiving, as long as you have Terry Kill, will be fine in Kansas City. It'll be very good. No, I'm 100% with you. I I think we're both in agreement that, uh, you know, D-Rob's probably getting a Chris Conley type deal. We thought was going to happen this offseason, but this offseason is unlike any other we've been a part of. Uh, I, I don't think actually Demarcus Robinson will have a bigger role this year because I actually think McCall Hardman is going to have a bigger role this year, which will actually cut into D. Rob's uh, production and numbers. But I, I'm with you. We, we saw uh, Byron Pringle have a hundred yard game. We, we saw Byron Pringle look like a, a very viable wide receiver when he when he was thrust into the limelight. So uh, I'm not worried about wide receivers, and I get your point. A lot of veterans do probably want to come to Kansas City and play with Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying a young, you know, rookie contract, probably faster because they're younger. Let's be real here. We, we know Patrick likes to air it out, and we know Andy Reid's style of offense. So that's why I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got another another burner at wide receiver just to give Patrick even that much more uh, talent and room to grow. Were you a big Bry- uh, Byron Pringle guy? Because there's been a ton of hype around him each of the last off seasons, you know, K-State guy, a ton of, of people just getting on the bandwagon. Did you buy into that? Uh, I've actually been higher on Marcus Kemp. Uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, I, 
I guess one, I've met Marcus Kemp before. I played basketball with him actually up at Lifetime for a while before he had the injury this uh, past offseason. But he's a great guy. You saw him show glimpses. He's a special teams ace. Uh, I think Marcus Kemp, I've seen the springs. I've seen the athleticism. I like what I see in Marcus Kemp. I'm not saying anything about Byron Pringle being, you know, I see nothing, but Byron Pringle looks like struggled a little bit against man coverage to get open, which don't get me wrong, Demarcus Robinson has as well. There's some about Marcus Kemp stands out to me more than Byron Pringle. Yeah, and Byron Pringle never really did it for me. I'm not saying he's a terrible player either, but he I never understood where the love was coming from for him. How there were K-State. so many people. So K-State. many people just on board with it. That, that's again, true. I mean, it's it's, it's silly because he was from K-State. Yeah, he's fine. I'm not saying Byron Pringle's not a... I just don't think he's going to be a, you know, legit one or two. I don't see him having the Sammy Watkins upside, the McCole Hardman upside. I see him, his upside being Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, you know, at best probably. Yeah, I think that that's his ceiling as well. The The wide receiver class is deep this year. And are you are you saying that they could spend a pick this year on a, on a wide receiver? Yeah, yeah, especially if you trade back, which is why I'm so for mm-hmm. this. But even if you don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they spent their third or fourth rounder on a wide receiver. If, if they have a guy there in the third round, I would not be surprised at all. You, you know, I, I think that's about the, the round they, they would shoot for is probably around the third or fourth round. And Jalen Rieger from TCU is someone who's expected to slip down the draft board as we fall in love with other wide receivers. And if he's there in the fourth round, I would love that pick. I would love to bring him to Kansas City. Oh, I mean, there there's so many wide receivers in this draft. And it all depends. I mean, again, I trust Veach and Andy Reid. And again, maybe I'm sounding too much like a homer in this, in, in this instance. Trust me, you probably won't get this when I talk Royals baseball. But <laughs> I, I have no reason to doubt Veach or Andy Reid, especially Andy Reid. But past GMs, we've had a lot of doubt surrounding every single pick that they've made. First, you know, you know Eric Fisher, you know, a, a small school left tackle. What, what's going on there? Then you had, you know, some wide receivers that never really panned out, quarterbacks that never panned out. We always had questions about drafting. Not anymore. I think that I trust Andy Reid. If, if he drafts a wide receiver, then I will never question it. I wouldn't question Michael Hardman. I wouldn't. If he drafts anyone on the offensive side of the ball, I absolutely trust that decision and will and will blindly sign up and, and be a homer, as you'd say, for an offensive player in any draft because he obviously knows way more about offensive football than I do. Uh, the Breland Speaks picks and stuff like that, you can. You can debate okay. those picks, but, but offensively, if, if he drafts any wide receiver in this class, I am totally fine with it. So I will say one thing very quickly. I do think Breland Speaks was a miss. Again, we haven't really seen him play. He's been hurt, so it's not all yeah. you know Breland's fault. We'll, we'll see. Again, for all we know, Breland Speaks will come out healthy and be an absolute wrecking ball. I'd be surprised, but it's, it's still a possibility. <laughs> but if, if that's like the only pick that, that you really missed on, you're doing something even Tottenham right. has, has turned and, it around. Uh, I mean, the one question I always had was trading up for McCole Hardman. I always thought that was kind of questionable based on DK Metcalf was still there. There was still uh, mm-hmm. maybe the Washington – what's it? Taylor uh, – not, not McLaughlin. The Redskins – Yeah. Terry McLaurin. Not sad songs. Yeah, not Sarah McLaughlin that sings sad songs about, about dogs, but – Taylor <laughs> McLaughlin, or I even how to say his name, but that guy, Terry he McLaurin. may have still been available. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love McCall Hardman, but there's also a, looking like a very deep wide receiver class mm-hmm. last year as well that he traded for up sure. for. So, if that's your second biggest miss, you're doing something right. Oh, absolutely. And you, you mentioned it. We're not going to be homers on this show very often. Believe me, I am... I am a pretty pessimistic person when it comes to the sports world. That's what the teams have done to me, breaking my heart left and right. But and I'm a Mizzou fan, so I, I have all oh, the gosh. pessimism in the world. Yeah. But with Michael Hardman, I'm not ready to say that he wasn't the right call. You know, because he he didn't get as big of a role as as Metcalf or or McLaurin. 
I, I think with a bigger role and with Patrick Mahomes, you could be looking at someone who, who people would rather have on their team once he gets to show it off, I think. No, I think that's for sure a possibility. At the same time, I think you could say DK Metcalf. Well, maybe not DK because he has Russell Wilson. But the Washington guy, you definitely could say. I mean, you got... Oh, yeah. Terry McLaurin was not only really good last year. He had no quarterback and he had no other weapons helping him at all. Like, (laughs) their second receiver was someone they've never even heard of. Yeah, I mean, you, you have the perpetually concussed and injured Jordan Reed. And I don't even know if he played a game. You know, like... Yeah. You, you, you had a 39-year-old Adrian Peterson back there. You know, it's it was crazy. With no Trent Williams to even help out your quarterback. I mean, they, they were a debacle last year. So for him to have that season is really telling of what he's going to develop into. Uh, but I think that I think that Michael Hardman is right up there. I would agree that at the time I was like, how, how can you not draft DK? I mean, but again, I blindly followed Andy Reid with the Michael Hardman thing. And I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, well, they use him as a punt and kick returner as well. He's not been, I mean, he was a pro bowler, you know. But I, oh, I think gosh, we all yeah. realize he uh, struggled, especially at times. Yeah. But again, it, he'll probably improve. I mean, having another year under his belt only bodes well for him. I mean, the Redskins' third leading receiver last year was Steven Sims. And everyone around here knows who Steven Sims is. And he was their third leading receiver. Brutal. And actually, if you take out uh, Chris Thompson, who is, who's actually running back, then he's their second leading receiver. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> no, not a good year for the Redskins. I, I will say I like their offseason game plan so far. I like what the Redskins have done. Cleaned house, brought in Ron Rivera. I, I like what they've done so far. So, I wanted to transition into NFL news. And as soon, I'm not kidding you, as soon as we stopped recording, we hit the red button off, we're ready to go, we all got alerts on our phone that the Texans had traded for Brandon Cooks. And the trade is a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and Brandon Cooks is also on a five-year deal uh, with a $81 million contract. So... First of all, what what is your initial reaction to that move right there? It, it was tough, to be honest. Uh, this move, I, I don't have as big of a problem with. Y- you know, the DeAndre Hopkins one was inexcusable. But Brandon Cooks, yes, that contract is super inflated. Yes, he's well, well, well overpaid. But if you have the cap space, you, you missed out on Sammy Watkins. Brandon Cooks has had a lot of very solid seasons. You didn't want to go in with Will Fuller being your number one. I, I kind of like it, to be honest. You know, if you take them separately, if you take DeAndre Hopkins out of it and, and you just bring in Brandon Cooks for what they gave up, I, I kind of like it. I don't know. I, where do you stand on it? If you're the Rams, you love it because you didn't have cap space. The Rams were in purgatory. So the Rams get oh, out of this. Yeah. The, the, the Texans get, I think, some help. And they have some cap space to work with in this instance. So it's kind of a win-win. I think that, you know, my initial reaction to this was, why? Because I think that Brandon Cooks is really good. And I think that if you could turn off injuries, if this was Madden and you can turn off injuries, I would love this deal. But the bottom line is he played 2014, you know, he played uh, 14 games last year. In 2014, he only played 10 games. He's had a long injury history and, there's people speculating, which I never like to do about these things, but there's people speculating that you know his next concussion could be the last time he plays football. And I had DeAndre Hopkins, and now I'm trading for a guy who I'm worried about. I'm worried about him playing 16 games, at, for, especially for the remainder of this deal. And another red flag is that he's been to good situations. I mean, he he couldn't last in New Orleans. They, they gave him away. Couldn't last in with New England. They gave him away. And then the Rams, you still think Sean McVay is, is a great offensive mind, and they give up on him for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. And I think that it is beneficial for both sides, especially if, if Cooks can stay healthy. That's my biggest gripe because I, I don't think that you can, uh, even though I just did, I don't think that you can really keep going side-by-side side with Cooks and Hopkins because I think that the, those moves were made for totally different reasons. But yeah. I, I like this move if he stays healthy, and that's a huge if to me. And, and the problem is there's also a big question of if Will Fuller stays healthy. So your top two guys, 
I'm not confident can stay healthy for a 16-game season. So when you break down, wasn't it basically DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans basically ended up getting Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, and then a second and a fourth rounder? Yes. Or just a second rounder because a fourth rounder was in the swap. So basically you got David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and a second rounder. Is, is that basically what the breakdown is? Yes. I mean, yeah, that, that that would be the breakdown, and I I don't know if I like that. And again, you you can take this two ways. One way to take it is this is brutal. You you trade probably the best wide receiver in the NFL, who was on a very team friendly deal for two bloated contracts and a second rounder. That's the that's the pessimistic view of this. If you want to take the optimistic view, you probably upgrade at running back, which. You know me, I'm not. I'm in the running backs don't matter, but the Texans haven't really had a very good running back in a while. You could say, yes, Carlos Hyde had 1,000 yards, but I don't think Carlos Hyde's taking a ton of pressure off of Deshaun Watson. We know DeAndre Hopkins wanted a new deal and had a lot of tension with the organization and Bill O'Brien. You get a second rounder and Brandon Cooks. You know, if you take it if you take it that route, it doesn't look as bad. Again, I, I still would never have traded DeAndre Hopkins. But if you want to look at it in a more optimistic viewpoint, you can look at it that way. And my biggest my biggest thing is, though, am, am I sure that David Johnson is, is a big upgrade from what you could have gotten from a guy like Carlos Hyde or a, a, a late-round pick you know, at running back? Because he's 31 years old, and he's going to be 32 next year. Excuse me. Uh, he's going to be 29 next year, excuse me. Uh, and am I, am I sure that he's going to be a huge upgrade um, in the sense of giving up DeAndre Hopkins. That's my biggest thing is that you could have gotten a ton more for DeAndre Hopkins. And if it's about money, strictly about money, which it seems like there's some more personal things going on between Bill O'Brien and, and DeAndre Hopkins. But this this Cooks contract is not far off from what Hopkins is going to get. I mean, sure, Hopkins is going to get more, but take the money that you're spending on Cooks, add a little <laughs> bit to the pot, and you're going to have DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and it, it, it's terrible. I mean, I mean, it is terrible. I was just trying to trying to. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was just trying don't to help think Texans that, fans. that Johnson is a is an upgrade, really. I mean, he hasn't broken a thousand yards since 2016. He played 16 games in 2018 and, and could only get. You know, granted, they're a bad team, but he, he got 900 yards and three touchdowns. He's had injury history. You know, he's had a long injury history, and he's an aging running back. That's that's what I got. For DeAndre Hopkins was a was a was a brittle wide receiver and a over the hill running back in a second round pick. Terrible. I mean, especially if you look at what you know uh, Stephon Diggs got you know with the Bills with that trade. But 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 the thing with David Johnson is I, I he does still have the pass catching. He still has the pass protection. These are upgrades over over what they currently had in Houston. I, I did like. Uh, Duke Johnson in the pass catching role, but if David Johnson, I, I do think he's better, you know, in that aspect if he can stay healthy. And that again, that's that's the biggest question. I'm, I'm taking contracts out of the equation when I want to make that statement. But if David Johnson stays healthy, I do think he is better than Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson Jr. So I, I could see that, and maybe I'm undervaluing David Johnson a little bit because he is an, an aging running back. Um, no, but- I don't think he's good. <laughs> I would never do this deal. I, I'm not saying he's some stud. I would have never made this deal. I'm just trying to be somewhat more optimistic if you are a Houston Texans fan. And the, the the big thing is I think that you absolutely, without question, got better at the running back position in terms of pass blocking. And you mentioned it. Am I, am I sure 100% that a guy who caught 300 yards last year is an upgrade from Duke Johnson out of the backfield, you know, as a passing catch option, or someone else you could bring in in this draft, or someone else that you could have brought in off the streets, and I'm not, and since I'm not sure of that, I just hate this deal even more. And yeah, in a vacuum, Cooks is a very good receiver, but once you tack on the contract, you tack on the injury history, and you tack on the fact that people are literally saying, reputable people are saying. That if he gets another concussion, he might hang it up, and and rightfully so. He, that's I couldn't imagine pl- playing a sport where you where you get that many concussions and 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 have to keep going. But 
that's what I'm investing in for the for the cost of DeAndre Hopkins, especially whenever a guy like Stefan Diggs gets twice as much. I think, in a way, Bill O'Brien almost had to get Brandon Cooks just so he doesn't piss off Deshaun Watson even more than he already is. We, we know Watson's pissed off right now. We, we've seen the tweets, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the shade he has been throwing. I think if Bill O'Brien didn't bring in another wide receiver, you may not see Deshaun Watson wanting to re-sign in Houston. And it's also a name, I think, that that, that that matters as well. Because, yeah, me and you know that that this is not a good deal. But to maybe a casual fan around Houston that knows who Brandon Cooks is and remember you know, how good he was in those offenses, maybe this does get you excited because it's Brandon Cooks. And I think that that plays a part in it, too, is that it's a name. It's a different name that, that people would know. Um, let me ask you this. Am I totally off base whenever I, th- I think to myself about this Houston team? I think I've got injury I got injury concerns with David Johnson, Brennan Cooks, Will Fuller, and I'd even throw Deshaun Watson in there. Who's who's going to block for him and protect him? And I don't want that that question around Deshaun Watson of one, you're not giving him any weapons so to speak. Two, I don't trust that offensive line. And he's he's on his rookie deal for now. This is when you're supposed to be pushing it all in. You're supposed you're supposed to be keeping DeAndre Hopkins and improving the team while you have Watson on a team-friendly deal. And I have a ton of injury concerns about this team. I think that we could see them. Uh, you know, you never want to predict injuries, or you never want to, you know, of course, never wish them on. But I think that that's a major question mark on the on the Texans season coming up is is the injuries. I think we'll see Houston use almost all of their draft picks on the offensive line, the defense, and maybe a tight end. But this tight end group is not outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. I I would assume, you know, the offensive line is probably the main focal point for Houston. I still think they are a playoff team. Deshaun Watson is just that, that talented. This wide receiving core, again, they'll probably have guys miss games. But as a whole, they are still very talented as well. I still see Houston Texans as a, what, 10-6 and six team? Yeah, especially with the expanded playoffs, too. I mean, this they're going to make the playoffs. And, that, and that's what I think should be so infuriating if you're a Texans fan, is that, yeah, but at what point is just getting there not enough anymore? Because this they're going to get there. Me, this reminds me of the Cleveland Indians in baseball. When their their game plan was, you know what, let's not re-sign everyone. Let's just win the AL Central, which was at the time very bad. And I said, this is going to bite them. The Twins are going to win the division this year. This is last year. The Twins won the division last year. Because the Twins went all in. They got free agents while Cleveland was having a fire sale. And if you're an Indians fan, you got to be pissed off. And I think there's a lot of comparisons to be made to the Houston Texans. For sure. I mean... They've won that. They've won that division, albeit a terrible one. Which again goes back to the Yale Central. They've won that division. They've gotten to the, the postseason, and nothing has really came from it. Yeah. What What can yeah. you hang your hat on if you're a Houston fan? Again, the playoffs. You, you You could say you have Deshaun Watson, so you have at least one of the top seven, top five quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, that's about it, though. I mean, you could yeah. say you make the playoffs, but the Kansas City made the playoffs for a long time and always got bounced, and that's kind of what Houston is. They're in that purgatory right now. And if you're around the NFL, are you, are you calling about J.J. Watt? Because that started out as a joke on, on social media, but the more moves he makes, and you know now there's rumors out there that Kenny Stills might be on the block, the more moves that he makes... I mean, is it possible that he wants to get off that contract of, you know, 15 million this year, 17 million in 2021, and then he's a free agent in 2020, J.J. Watt is? Would, would you, I mean, of course, the Chiefs don't really have the, the cap or flexibility to do so, I don't think, but would you, in general, of, an, of the NFL front office space, would you call about J.J. Watt? That's tough. You, you want to talk about injury history. J.J. Watt mm-hmm. has a lot of injury <laughs> history recently as well. J.J. Watt is also very tough guy plays through a lot of very very I mean what was it the torn peck and he comes back I mean that was that was unreal I I feel like he is like the one untouchable 
in Houston. Because I think Bill O'Brien even knows enough to say, if you get rid of or you trade J.J. Watt, there will be a riot. You know what I'm saying? Like He (laughs) is the Houston Texans. I mean, he is the Houston Texans. He is Houston in in a a nutshell. Like He is the city. He epitomizes it. So I don't think there's any chance that J.J. Watt actually gets traded. Yeah, he's he's the face of the franchise, and which is impressive in football. I mean, think about it. There's a ton of good teams constantly, but in football, the franchise face is the logo. I mean, you root for the logo, and that's your team. It's just laundry out there. But J.J. Watt is truly the face of the Texans, and that's part of why he won't get traded. He's also 31 this year, 32 next year, and, and do you really want to pay him... 15 and a half this year, 17 and a half next year, if you're going to trade for him, on top of whatever assets you give up for him. So I think he stays put. But what started as a joke is now seeming like maybe GMs will call and at least attempt to get J.J. Watt. Couldn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, at this point, call about Sean Watson and see what happens. I mean, goodness gracious. But I think that that might be... Also, uh, an infuriating part of this for Texans fans is the fact that Deshaun Watson is so good, and he's on that rookie deal. This is when you're cashing in, and they're just not. It's very frustrating because the the weird part is you talk about Deshaun Watson, but I wouldn't be too surprised if the Patriots just offer them a a boatload of draft picks. You know, maybe maybe they offer up you know Stedham and and the draft picks, and maybe. An offensive lineman, all of a sudden you see a trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, at this point, I feel like I would not even be that surprised. I think Deshaun Watson would be an interesting case study of he can prove if the NFL can turn into a player's league the way the NBA has. If he if he wants to and he wants to sit out and he wants to demand a trade and he'll say, hey, this is where I'm going to go. If he can't get it, then we'll know it can never be a player's league. But if he can get it, that opens up a huge can of worms. And given the tweets, given the, the the perception around him, I wouldn't say it's likely, but I'd say that there's a possibility that he does say, hey, I want out. I'm done with this. I want out, especially if they botch this draft next week. Yeah, I, I, I for sure. I, I think it is extremely possible. I mean, again, I don't think you can be the NBA just 53 players mm-hmm. or 55 now compared to, you know, 13, 15 if you count the – you know, the uh, extra players, you know, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, I think that you'd have to be a Deshaun Watson to be able to pull it off. Now, that that is still something that is unheard of right now in the NFL is for Deshaun Watson to do that. But given the, the, what he's been through in Houston, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he demands a trade and, and wants out of this situation. And that trade, though, would also net Houston, I mean... It'd be more than the RG3 trade from Washington to the Rams. I mean, it'd have to be. I don't even remember what all they got for RG3. Oh, they got they got the farm. I mean, they got countless draft picks. And I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I mean they they almost got a full starting lineup out of RG3. It was it was insane <laughs> to me. Uh, and, and to now, move up huh? from that was to move up from six to two for RG3 and, and to get you know one good year out of them, which you know, it was something that was unforeseen because, well, it was kind of foreseen because of his college injuries, but uh, it's a disappointing end to that story. Um, and what a class that was. I mean, RG3 looked amazing his rookie year, but got hurt. Andrew Luck looks amazing, but retires because he keeps getting hurt. <laughs> I mean, that class is, pre- is a pretty good what-if story, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And obviously the Rams didn't turn those picks into talent, but they had the shot to. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, they had the, the opportunity to to really cash in on that RG3 thing, and RG3 trade. So the, the Rams got back five, six. They got back eight players in this thing. The, the, the high-key names are Michael Brockers and, and Janoris Jenkins, two really good players. Uh, but, you know, two out of eight success rate, I, I wouldn't trust that, so to say. But... Again, what Veach did RG3 turn out to be? Oh, yeah. Veach is hitting at least 75%. Yeah, and, and those, to be fair to them, were high picks, too. So, I mean, that's still not good. I mean, at all, because you're drafting high. I mean, I think that the lowest thing that the Redskins gave up was, I want to say, a, a, a fourth-round pick. Uh, uh, but, nonetheless, it, it would have to be more than, than eight picks, and that's unheard of, I think, uh, for Deshaun Watson. 
And again, we don't think that that's going to actually happen. If we, I'm sure that if we were both betting money right now, we'd say it wouldn't happen. But it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. No. With Bill O'Brien, anything is a possibility. Speaking of money, Christian McCaffrey gets paid four years, $16 million per, becoming the highest paid running back. I know you love that segue. Um, I wonder if you love this contract, though. No. No, don't ever pay running backs. And this is very tough for me because Christian McCaffrey, in my mind, was one of the few guys I'd say, well, you know what? He's almost an exception because he is so good catching the ball out of the backfield. He's so good as a pass catcher. But as we have seen, running backs that we think you know, won't drop off because of this have David Johnson Jr., Le'Veon Bell, I mean, how many guys have we seen time and time again just fall off for one reason or another? And I'm not saying it's going to happen to McCaffrey, but if I was a betting man, probably does. And the Carolina Panthers do have so much cap space right now. They are not paying a quarter. Well, to the back, Teddy Bridgewater, that's still a relatively small contract as far as quarterback contracts go. They don't really have any big-name wide receivers they're not, they don't have a lot of big money guys on the payroll, so I guess you got to pay someone. You might as well pay your current best player, but still. A running back, $64 million is just crazy in today's NFL. And you, you hit it right there, the, the cap space situation. The Panthers aren't paying anyone anymore, so I'm fine with paying him in the sense of in general, take a step back. I, I don't like paying running backs at all. I've, I've talked about that. I don't want to invest a first-round pick in running backs. I don't want to pay running backs big money. But I look at Christian McCaffrey as a as a weapon and not a running back because I I truly believe. Now this could be, you know, this could be something that you don't agree with what, whatsoever. But I truly believe that if worse came to worse and, and McCaffrey just could not handle the beating anymore and he could not be a running back, I think that he can be a slot receiver, a true slot receiver and be a playmaker out there for the duration of this contract and and be a, a great pass catcher and a great guy out in space even if he cannot go between the tackles anymore. And I don't I don't think this that this contract bites the Panthers at all. Yeah, I don't think it bites him in that aspect. I think you're right as far as he could be a slot guy, but then you're still paying 16 million guys to a slot receiver. That's not a good good way to to spend your money and at the same time well, why didn't Jamal Charles do that? Jamal Charles was an outstanding pass catcher. He had all these injuries. Why didn't someone try putting Jamal as a slot receiver if that was, if that was the case? That's interesting, too. I think that, that the fact that they're already using him in the slot at times I think would be a much easier transition for Christian McCaffrey if need be. Um, but the bottom line is they can't keep doing their normal. They can't keep doing what they're doing right now to Christian McCaffrey or he won't make the life of this contract. Because right now he's on the field more than any other player, and he has a higher usage rate than any other player. More snaps. He's involved in pass blocking whenever he's not catching the ball or running the ball. They're, they're going to have to change something, which is part of why you don't pay running backs because you've got to change and limit their their action once you do pay them. Um, but I think that he's the rare exception. And I can and I again I'm totally agreeing in in the I don't like investing in running backs. I don't like taking high picks. But he's just the one guy in the entire NFL. If you go down the list, he's the one guy that I would have this tone with, that I would say, hey, this could work, because I don't feel that way about any other running back, but the simple fact of I would truly feel comfortable putting him as a wide receiver in my offense with, again, the ascending cap, you know, the ascending CBA and, and getting more revenue and getting more cap space in general over the life of this contract with the ability to move him around, I think that this is going to turn out to be a good deal. Well, like you said, the Panthers do have a lot of money. You already have Teddy Bridgewater. You already have your quarterback under contract. The only thing I would say is they do need some wide receivers down there to help Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, you have Chris McCaffrey, who, again, I think Alvin Kamara is fine. I think Kamara is a fine running back. You know, he was very, very good for one year. He had somewhat down last year. So, and Teddy Bridgewater, he used him. You know, Teddy Ritter is not going to be a gunslinger. He's not going to be throwing the ball downfield the way Patrick, Russ, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, those guys do. So 
you know, maybe he he uses McCaffrey more in this check down type of type of role as well. Yeah, I could see Teddy using him, and I, I quit. The, I hate to keep harping on it, but you bring up Teddy Bridgewater's contract spot on because it's a it's a declining cap hit for for Teddy Bridgewater in the sense of you can get out of it. I'm pretty sure once you you know once you get past this first year and and next year, so either. You're going to have a very controllable quarterback because even though you've paid Teddy Bridgewater, his contract on the scale of quarterbacks is very, very doable, very workable. You're either going to have that or you're going to have a rookie contract at quarterback for, for the next four years because Bridgewater is signed up through 2022. Of course, you're, if you draft a quarterback next year or the year prior, a year you know, after that, you're going to have a guy on a five-year deal You know, if you pick up that fifth-year option. So I think that this does not impact the Panthers the way it would impact other teams because there's no one coming down the line that they're really going to invest a lot of money in. I mean, Curtis Samuel, what's he gonna what's he going to get on the open market? I mean, he's a good good wide receiver, but is he going to cost you an arm and a leg? Yeah, it's different than teams like the Rams who, you know, paid a lot of money to Todd Gurley, but also had, you know, Jared Goff at what, like $33.5 million per year. Then you had Brandon Cooks. Then you had twenty five, you know, with Aaron Donald. Then you had, you know, now you have Jalen Ramsey. Like, it's a completely different situation. And you talk about, you know, face of the franchise and selling tickets. McCaffrey does that. So, yeah. And on a yeah. team that's going to lose, you know, probably next year and lose probably the year after that, he's going to keep people interested because he's a flashy player and he can steal those headlines even on a bad team. Um, but I had a question about um, Jadavion Clowney. And I was thinking about the Redskins situation. You know, they're at, they're at pick number two. They're going to draft Chase Young, but they already have a really good pass rush with Sweat and Payne and um, Jonathan Allen. They have a really good pass rush. Ryan Kerrigan's still hanging around. And you look at Jadavion Clowney, and he's still a free agent right now. He's bounced around a little bit. I I don't know if 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 Chase Young can can do enough unless he's a Khalil Mack type guy. And even Khalil Mack on the Raiders, we, we laughed at the trade. You know, some of us laughed at the trade whenever it first happened, but did the Raiders really lose that trade because they've they've gotten really good assets out of that trade and they weren't going to win with Khalil Mack anyway and yeah. so I do wonder if you're the Redskins do you consider trading down now the problem is who's going to trade up with them because um, it doesn't seem like anyone's in love with Tua anymore anyone's in love with Justin Herbert enough to go up to two um, but I was once fully on the Redskins have to absolutely draft Chase Young but if something happens and, and, and you either somehow fall in love with this quarterback which is not going to happen or you somehow get a, a great trade offer for that pick I'd be totally fine with him trading down because Clowney was supposed to be a can't miss guy and he's been fine. I mean, he's been really good, but he hasn't, he hasn't changed a franchise and even the Seahawks are letting him hang around here a week before the draft. Yeah, no, I I think it's a very good point. I, I would not be surprised if Washington traded down. They do have a pretty solid and they need, Offensive linemen, they need to help, you know, Haskins. They need some wide receiving help, you know. They, they, they do need a lot of – well, let's be real. They're, they're, they're a bad team. They have a lot of issues outside of yes. just getting one player. They're going to be fine. They have a lot of issues. So I get your point there. Uh, very quickly on Clowney, I think there's only two teams really in the bidding for his services right now. I think it's Seattle and I think it's Minnesota. Because we, we saw Everson Griffin. We, we, we saw him already say he doesn't want to return to Minnesota. You know, we had a long Instagram post about how thanking them for this time there. But he's going to, you know, move on. Well, Griffin's, you know, his market's not materialized. He may go back to Minnesota on a smaller deal. I, these two guys are about the two biggest names on, on the market still. And they're both just driving each other down. I think Seattle and Minnesota is just saying, you know what? Let's just keep going back and forth, see how cheap we can go. Maybe they just keep the same guys, but they just drive the market down even farther. Excellent point on that front. And and you touched on it with the Redskins. I know it wasn't flashy to watch the Redskins last year. They were a terrible team. But that front seven is really good. I mean, they have a, they have a good front seven. And that's not where I want to invest this pick. You mentioned it. They need a playmaker to go alongside Terry McLaurin because you have a good playmaker in Terry McLaurin. You need one next to him. 
Uh, you you need offensive line help because it, it there's no way in my mind that Trent Williams is going to play in Washington next year. There's no way. No chance. I, I don't think that he trusts that organization, and rightfully so, because what they did was insane. So you're going to trade him next week, I think. I think that by the end of the draft, by the by the end of Saturday night, he'll be on a new team. So you're going to need offensive line. You're going to need weapons. You don't even have you know you don't even have Jordan Reed, the hope of Jordan Reed anymore. He's not even on the roster anymore. At least he offered. Well, you know, if Jordan Reed can get healthy every year, even though we all knew he wasn't going to get healthy, but you you need so much more than Chase Young that if someone wants to offer you a huge you know haul for the rights to either Chase Young or or a quarterback, do it. I, I would do it because I don't think that he moves the needle as much as someone else. I don't think that his value for this specific franchise is enough to get you pointed in the right direction. You have so many other things to to handle before you can even worry about adding another pass rusher into an already good group. That was that was the only positive from last year for Washington. Was that front seven that, that rush, you know, that 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 rush to the quarterback. That was the only positive. And you know, drafting an offensive lineman at 2 in this draft, you're just reaching. Even getting the mm-hmm. cornerback from uh, you know, Ohio State Akuda. That's yeah, that's reaching. And I love yeah, I him. Yeah, I think everyone does. I didn't want to say his name because I am. You'll learn this about me. I absolutely butcher names. I mean, just absolutely <laughs> butcher names. I mean, you, you you saw me call the Washington wide receiver Sarah McLaughlin. Like I know what I'm talking about. I am just so yeah. bad at, at pronunciation. So you'll have to bear with me. But you know, they have so you don't want to reach for a guy. You know, when you when you could potentially get, you know, that draft pick and another, you know, potentially high round, you know, top three draft pick. I do think some team will fall in love with Tua. I do think it's going to happen. I think Miami has the capital to make it work and make it at least feasible where they're not, you know, screwed. So if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami did trade up to number two. Yeah, to me, Jadavion Clowney is a cautionary tale for Washington. Yeah, improve the pass rush if you want to, but we went down the list. Jeff Okuda, I think, is a is a much better player in in that specific organization. I think that he transforms that defense in in a, in a weak cornerback room. He does very well. He he impacts the game more than Chase Young does for that specific team. Isaiah Simmons is a much bigger need. Than, than Chase Young, opposite of Montez Sweat. I, I think that Isaiah Simmons would be better. So if you can get even a little bit uh, of a haul that's worth your while to trade back a little bit and still get one of those marquee playmakers, I would do it. Because I, I wouldn't be so scared to lose that on Chase Young to me. Because even Khalil Mack, he wreaked havoc in Oakland, wreaked havoc in Chicago. But... You need more than that, and and the Redskins have that. I truly believe that Montez Sweat turns into an elite pass rusher, and and again, Jonathan Allen, De'Aaron Payne, they have the guys to pass rush. I need a lot more in Washington than another pass rusher to me, and if you can get someone to, to fall in love with the quarterback or for Chase Young, who by far I think is the most talented player in this draft. I'm speaking specifically to Washington right now. He's the talented player, but he doesn't he doesn't really impact your roster in his time there the same way a Jeff Acuna or Isaiah Simmons or an offensive tackle would. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. So you, you touched on it looking ahead to, to Tua, and this report came out and really caught my attention of Tua could drop in the draft, and people are saying it's because of the, the, the injuries, uh, you know, and, and teams are falling out of love out of love with Tua. I'm not buying that. I think that these these rumors and smoke screens are putting are being put out there. That way, teams can use it for leverage, and they're using the media as mouthpieces to do so. Are you buying that at all? That Tua could actually have an Aaron Rodgers moment, and he's he's still there late in the first round. No, there is zero chance in today's NFL. He lasts past. I'll probably even say five. I can't see Tua falling out of the top five. <laughs> I would be extremely, extremely surprised we know how impactful quarterbacks can be because even if you miss I don't think any fan base is going to rip you to shreds saying oh no they missed on a quarterback at worst the fan base will say at least they tried and they'll probably blame Tua over anything let's be real here so absolutely 
So, no, I, I don't think Tua falls. I, I agree with what you're saying. That's probably some smokescreen teams trying to get the media to do some dirty work for them. Not getting past us, though. We're, we're too smart over here. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to listen to the Eurodoc podcast, because we'll sniff out the smokescreens. Or we'll do whatever to the smokescreens that need to be done to see through them. I don't know if sniffing out is the right term. Whatever you would do if you ever saw a smokescreen, that's what we do here. Yeah, I feel like you don't want to sniff smokescreens. I feel like that's probably bad. It probably can't be good. Yeah, that, that can't that can't be the design method to get through. And would you just wave your hands and get, clear it out? Like, how how would you get past a smokescreen, I wonder? It's like if you fall in a lake and you're drowning, and you're like, it's okay, I'll just drink my way out of this. I feel like that's the exact same thing when you say, you know, I'm going to sniff a smokescreen. Yeah, which, hey, you know, if you, ha- if you have the capacity to drink a whole lake, I mean, it could be a good plan, but most of the time, that's not the case. But... <laughs> one more thing about the NFL that really caught my attention today is that the fact that they put, they sent out this memo uh, to prospects and teams and, and whatnot that at home, even though they're at the at home draft party, they cannot do any on camera sponsorships with the ESPN broadcast or NFL network broadcast, unless it's an NFL sanctioned sponsor. And I just find that to be insane. It makes no sense. They're not under the NCAA regulations anymore. They shouldn't be, at least. Why is And they're NFL... also not an NFL employee yet. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, I get it. The NFL has the rights to the draft, so technically the NFL can do what they want. But why? Like, like what, what's the harm in having some kid make, you know, a million dollars or 500K or... You know, if you're a first rounder, if you're not, say you're a fifth rounder or something like that, you know, an extra five grand having Bud Light be your sponsor. What's wrong with that? No, I mean, do you remember whenever Mariota came out? And this is a very niche thing, but he went on, you know, the car wash. He went on the Dan Lebitard show, highly questionable, around the horn. And each time he was on, he had the camera on him, of course. And next to him was a bus of himself, but it was made out of Subway sandwiches. And it was really creepy. It was really weird. But he got paid by Subway to do that. I mean, what's the harm in that? Who who cares? And first of all, who knows what is an NFL sponsor and is not? I mean, if I listed 15 products and 10 of them weren't sponsors, would you would you know off the top of your head if they're big names? I mean, well, my, my are, is- do we know if Tide is a sponsor? I think that they are. But, I mean, how do we know that Tide isn't? Bounty isn't? I mean... It's insane that that we're going this far. There's bigger things to worry about right now than if prospects are going to get money from a sponsorship. I don't have a problem if the NFL – I honestly don't. If the NFL says you have to be, you know, through approval because you don't want, you know, um, competing sponsors going against the NFL of big sport because they they pay the NFL a lot of money for exclusive rights. So I understand that. But if you're telling me that – say it's Bud Light and the NFL are sponsors of Bud Light. And Bud Light comes to the player and says, you know what, we, we want to do this with you. But the player can't make money from a NFL sponsor. That's when I would have the problem. Yeah, and I, and I can see what you're saying. And that's, and that's part of what the report was about was, hey, Prospect's been doing this for a long time, uh, of making money off of non-NFL sponsors, because that's where the money is. I mean, if you're Bud Light, you've already got the NFL money. You know what I mean? You've already you've already got the the revenue income from from being a Bud Light and being an NFL sponsor. But if you can sneak your way in the back door through a prospect of, of say Tua, and you can get in his living room and put it on ESPN, even though you're not an NFL sponsor, that's when Tua gets to cash in. Is if you can get someone like you know Beats, who are not an official sponsor, because I think Bose is still the official sponsor. Boulevard, Boulevard does yeah, Simmons I mean, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, how that's where athletes cash in and. You're taking that away from them only this year, though, because everyone's at home. Because, again, last year they could do this. And that's that's my biggest gripe, is that last year, whenever everyone got to go to the draft that they wanted to go, you could be sponsored by anyone. But now that everyone's at home, we're going to get strict about who can be on camera and who can't be on camera, you know, what sponsorships can be. Man, it's the NFL, the no-fun league. The no-fun league. And I want to know if they're going to actually, like, patrol this in the sense of, like, if someone's mom walks behind, you know, the couch or something, holding a, a, you know, holding a product, you know, just, just routinely and and nonchalant walks past the camera holding it while there's an interview happening. 
and she gets paid for that. Are they going to crack down on that? I mean, what's the punishment going to be? Because again, they're, they're not employees. Like until they sign that contract, whatever they do before this, they're not employed by the NFL yet. It'll so be how more... can you even punish a, te- a, 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 a prospect? <laughs> It'll be more games than whatever Julian uh, Edelman or Tom Brady would ever get with the Patriots. We know that. <laughs> oh yeah. If they, if they like, I don't even want to think about what punishments could be for this. I mean, this is just. This is a true definition of a no-fun league story right here. But Sterling, this was fun. Again, that's Sterling Holmes. You can follow him on Twitter, at HomestretchKC. I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. Sterling, do you have anything else before we get out of here for this week? Everyone stay safe. Uh, You know, if you can eat local, shop local, do that. IRS should be uh, dropping your checks in your bank account. Mine came this morning. What a lovely surprise that was. But stay safe. Drink drink your your little bush light and your little drinks, your Trulies and White Claws. We'll get through this. We'll have some fun when we come out on the other side. Of course. You know, just stay safe. Stay positive. You know, live it up. Let's have a little bit of fun as much as we can while we're locked inside. And you said it best. Shop, Shop local. Do... Do the most you can locally, wherever you're at. You know, go to a local restaurant, go go support a local grocery store instead of Walmart. Just do something that you can do uh, to help a local business out during these times. We're going to be back next week, and we'll talk about mock drafts and get you prepared for the draft that comes up on Thursday, and then after the draft on Thursday night, we'll have a rapid reaction show. It's going to be a ton of fun. Sterling, thank you for joining me again. Always a pleasure. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next week on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.